What is good? All of our listeners and viewers, welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And I trimmed my beard just for you. That's right, folks. We are here talking about what makes a good follow-up game, including like sequels, uh, spiritual successors, all that jazz. It's awesome. And you're here with us. And we got brand new microphones. So that's pretty cool. Liz, how you doing? Tired. Oh, <laughs> okay. Never mind. I've got a monster, but why are you tired? Um, moving stuff. Yes, we are making the move next week. Yes. Yes. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. I have a lot of packing to do still. You do. Yay. Yeah. I will try to pack with you, but I'm not allowed to pack. No, he's not allowed to touch anything because he won't pack it right. Yeah. And things will get broken and he won't label it right. And That is true. He doesn't so. have good handwriting to be labeling boxes either. <laughs> so. I have horrible handwriting. I was about to show you my notes, but then it will kind of spoil. If you're watching us on YouTube, it will kind of spoil what we're talking about. So I won't. But trust me, I've got bad handwriting. Bad handwriting. So, as I said, we got these brand new microphones. They are the Rode Procasters. Uh, we, we, well, I did. I researched these heavily. I watched comparison videos. And I wanted to make an investment for your listening experience. If you're listening to this and saying like, oh, he doesn't have the adjustment right. That's because I'm still uh, fidgeting around with the um, Yamaha. Um, what do I have? The Yamaha MG10XU. So, we're, we're messing around with that. But so far, this is a fantastic mic. Uh, this is the mic, if you're watching this on YouTube, this is the mic we've used since uh, episode four up until episode 73. It is the Samson Q4. And I just want to give you a comparison. If you're looking to start your own podcast, um, this is what this mic sounds like. So right now I'm talking to the Samson Q4. What is good, everybody? So you can hear a kind of a difference versus the Rode Procaster, which I'm speaking into now, the Rode Procaster. Uh, so if you're looking to do a, a mic setup, that's great. The uh, mic setup, that's great. But at the same time, if you're looking to start your own podcast and you don't want a big budget, Samsung Q4, I'm talking to it right now. It is a $30 mic, and I will always have the Amazon links down below. If you want to start your own podcast, uh, this mic is $30. We've used it since from episode four to episode 73. So if you like the sound of our podcast, it came from the Samsung Q4. It's a dynamic mic. I believe it is color, uh, I believe it's a cardioid polar pattern. <laughs> but yeah, so... We upgraded this just for you guys, but yeah, I just want to give you a quick comparison if you're looking to upgrade or if you're looking to start your own podcast, Samson Q4. I love this mic, but this just sounds so much more full, so much more rich. Uh, I absolutely love this mic, and I'm just messing with the settings now to make it even better. So let's just jump into the announcements, not the announcements, but where you can find us. On social media, that's right, we are on the social medias, we're on Twitter, at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm a, uh, oh, I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. So follow us there individually, and be friends with us. There goes my wedding ring, it's on my finger again, hooray! Uh, we are on Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word, and you can follow us for, uh, 
question, well, not question of the week, midweek speak. Uh, you can follow us for gaming memes and all that such. So definitely follow us on Instagram for all of those announcements, as well as find us on our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all of the uh, episodes from the website, as well as find out where you can get the audio versions of the websites, as well as some articles I've written in the past. And finally, if you're watching us on YouTube and you so enjoy this podcast that you're about to hear, Definitely hit the subscribe button and notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts are coming out, as well as uh, reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you can find us on the uh, audio versions, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, rate us wherever, subscribe to us on iTunes. And with all that said and done, let's just get started with our first segment, Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we saw in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or in theaters, and we like to recommend it, or we don't recommend it. But this week's Movie Minutes actually comes from Amazon Prime, and it's actually the 4K version is also free on your Amazon Prime subscription, and that is the movie Logan Lucky, starring Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, uh, Daniel Craig, Seth MacFarlane's in it, so fantastic. Really, really excellent, but... Uh, oh no, I gave away my review of it. Super fantastic. But Liz, overall thoughts, what do you think? Um, it was an interesting movie. Yeah. It was definitely different than what you typically see, but um it was it was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, that, that comes from my first note, which is it is a nice neutral paced movie mm-hmm. with great casting. By the way, uh, as I said, Channing Tatum, uh, Adam Driver, Daniel Craig, those, those are fantastic actors already. And then you also have, well, I won't spoil, there, there is an actress in there that we saw like, is that that woman? It is that yeah. woman. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's well cast. And I, I think it, it, its pacing is very neutral. I think some would call it slow, which, which goes into my final note. So I don't want to get too far ahead. But uh, the the whole premise behind this movie is it's a heist movie, so mm-hmm. it, it's like the spy heist where uh, they they get a plan. There there's a place to rob and uh, all that. They call it the hillbilly heist, uh, and I won't spoil what they're heisting. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a fresh take on the heist movie genre, mm-hmm. whereas it, it's not this dramatic like da 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 da. da. You know, it, it doesn't have you know, on your on your edge of your seat, it's yeah. nice. It's charming because it's set in the South. Mm-hmm. Well, it's set in West Virginia, which, which is pretty much South. Well, we heard we, we learned from Andrew Orsi from Good Game, Great Game uh, when he was on the show that West Virginians think that they're Southerners, but they're actually in the North. Yeah. Yeah. So, so same thing. <laughs> but it takes place in West Virginia and uh, the song starts playing like Contra Road. And I'm like, oh, it's Fallout 76. That's great. Um <laughs> But yeah, so what what are your thoughts about the pacing of the movie? It was a little slow. There were times where I was wishing that I was like, all right, can we just like move on? Like why? Like there are just some parts of it that I'm like, all right, it didn't need to be that long. We didn't need that much explanation. Yeah. Or And then there were things that there was like, all right, I needed a little more explanation. Like I still don't fully understand them. their reason behind doing it. Yeah. No, I, so, I agree. Yeah. There There are some things where... It is dialogue heavy. Yes. It's very dialogue heavy uh, in that, you know, it, it explains a lot because it is a heist movie. There's plans and reasons why they're they're doing what they're doing. 
but it, it comes to a point where it 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 does become very dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I would agree to that. Now, my, my second note is part of it is a fresh take on the heist movie, and it does have that sh- uh, charming southern wit to it. Yeah, where it, it's not directly funny, it's not slapstick. It's just very. Um, the way I would describe the humor is very Napoleon Dynamites. Yeah. You know, it's a slow burn kind of mm-hmm. kind of humor. Yeah. I wouldn't compare it to Napoleon Dynamite. No, so. it's not the same type of movie. It's not. They're not the same. It's just the, the humor is similar. Right. And and that's just it. Um, I'm also messing with the settings on this mic as we speak. This is the first time where, where we're actually using this in a long term. So. Yeah. But yeah, so if you hear kind of settings like differentiate, that's why. Um, but yeah, so I, I think the the wit was kind of very slow burn dialogue. And, and it, you're just kind of in a moment where it, the, the, the camera angles are doing most yeah. of the work. But I, I thought it was very, very well done. Um, now... What were your problems with the movie? Like you said that it could be slow. It could be. Are there any other issues that he had with it? There was just something about it. I'm not sure what it was, but yeah, it was mostly they didn't explain things very well. Yeah, that was my I think my biggest problem is that they didn't really explain the actual reason why they're doing what they're doing. They just kind of threw it together like and like if you're not paying attention to every little word they say yeah you're gonna be so confused because there are like brothers in it i didn't even realize they were brothers until like the movie was halfway over well that's the thing is that they did explain it they they, there's a lot of things that they do explain yeah but like you said you need to listen to all of the dialogue to understand Yeah. yeah what the explanation is and, yeah. and that can be daunting for anybody that doesn't like to um, listen to a movie more than just experience a movie. Yeah. So the fact that you just said that makes me think that like, okay, because I could follow the movie, mm-hmm. but that's because I was like paying attention to everything everybody was saying. Uh, there were times because it was slow pace. I, I noticed that you were checking your phone yeah. more when than it's once. Too, when it's too slow and it's like taking forever for a scene, it's like, all right, I get the idea. I don't need this to last that long. I get distracted because it's just, yeah, my mind is like, all right, this is boring. Exactly. Uh, so let's just jump into our final takes of the movie. Now that we set our notes, I don't want to spoil too much of it because mm-hmm. here's the thing. I do recommend this movie. Yeah. It's two hours long. Something like that. Yeah, it was about two hours long. And the 4K version of this movie is available for your Amazon Prime. So I, I thought it was very, very good. I, I recommend this movie. But talking about out of 10, what would you give it? I gave it a 7. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I enjoyed the movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. There were just some things about it that I think could have been done better. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, I See, I gave it an 8. So we talked about how we rate movies and seven is a decent movie Mm -hmm. so if a five is an average six is still above average seven decent i gave it an eight a solid film and i I think it's solid because i do like good writing Mm -hmm. in movies and i do i I do like good wit so this is coming from a bias more than just saying like oh it's an eight yeah because you gave it a seven yeah 
And I would say that I give it an eight because I do like dialogue heavy movies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that. And I do love Napoleon Dynamite. I do love that humor. You don't really like. Well, Well, I don't like Napoleon Dynamite for the story and like the type of thing. Exactly. But I enjoyed the humor in this movie. Yeah, you enjoyed the humor. Um, it was just everything in between it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I gave it an eight because I think it's a solid film. It had it had great camera angles. Like it, the the camera did a lot of the work for the humor behind the movie. Mm-hmm. And I I really think that this movie did an excellent job to do what it set out to do. Yeah, which was to be kind of a comedy, but a slower comedy heist movie. And the the casting also put it up there with an eight mm-hmm. because Daniel Craig did an amazing job. Yeah, he Daniel Craig did a really good Southern accent. Yeah, Channing Tatum did a really good Southern accent. Channing Tatum did a really good Southern accent. So did Adam Driver. I thought they all did pretty good. They all did really good, and they all just played their roles very. I was about to say very excellently, uh, very greatly. You're just making up words here. I am. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I I think that this movie was fantastic for what it set out to be. It's not perfect. It's definitely not perfect because, like you said, you do need to keep up with the dialogue to keep up with the story. Yeah. But at the same time, I think this movie did what it set out to do. Mm -hmm. And I applauded for that. So Um, any other thoughts? No, I mean, uh, I think that covers everything with this movie. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty simple. Yeah. So... Again, the movie title is Logan Lucky. You can find it on your Amazon Prime subscription, including the 4K version. It starts Channing, uh, Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Daniel Craig. I'm going to spoil it because um, also at the end, oh man, uh, Hillary Swank is in it. Yep. Yeah. We we looked and I was like, Hillary Swank. That's and awesome. Both of us were at, yeah. uh, Hillary Swank? That's Hillary Swank. Also, uh, Seth MacFarlane plays a race car driver with a mustache. So it's and pretty fun. And a lot of hair. So... Uh, but yeah, definitely check it out. I recommend it. Yep. It's a good two hours. Uh, it, but, you know, keep your expectations as that. It's kind of slow. But uh, yeah, that is Movie Minutes. So let's move on to our next segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the game news that we saw in the past week. And we like to rank it, rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the games industry and just a little spoiler, I did not put anything from BlizzCon into the top three gaming news. But That's actually shocking. It is. Um, we were so expecting something to come out of that. <laughs> well, no, there there was. Yeah, I just mean like something we were expecting things like yeah. news, drama. But um, these are the three that I thought were really interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was I saying before? Right. Uh, BlizzCon... The president came out. This is kind of like an honorary top three gaming news yeah. right here. Uh, the president of Blizz, uh, Blizzard came out in front of BlizzCon and pretty much said, we're sorry. We're sorry that we did that to Blitzchung. He actually never mentioned Blitzchung. Oh, geez. He, he mentioned the situation. Yeah. Never really mentioned Blitzchung or the commentators or anybody else that he banned. He pretty much said, we're sorry. Thanks for keeping us compatible or, or accountable compatible. And then he, you know, waved his hair in the wind like, <laughs> let's get into some games. And then, oh, geez. And then he, uh, then the announcement of Diablo 4 was announced as well as Overwatch 2. So, you know, that happened. But this news is better. 
<laughs> yeah, I would say. Um, yeah, I, there were some things that came out of BlizzCon, but, you know, nothing like, yeah. you know, Diablo Immortal. So yeah. that was kind of trash. But let's just go into this because we forgot to rank these, but I, I got my own ranking in my own head. So we're just going to go into what I say well, is right. Fine. So number three. Number three gaming news, in response to the poor reception of Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Ubisoft has actually announced a patch for the game that is supposed to be both radical and immersive to uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So this news came out not too long ago in a blog post, and it's really cool. Um, because they, they delayed so many games, including, uh, Gods and Monsters, they delayed Watch Dogs Legions, the, uh, quarantine for Rainbow Six Siege and more than, more than anything else. So now they're really working on a massive patch, a massive patch behind Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And I just want to read you the blog post that was written. Uh, it says this. In line with this vision, and they're talking about, you know, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I'll have the article linked down below if you'd like to read it. But they say this. In line with this vision and the feedback we received, we are working on a more radical and immersive version of Ghost Recon Breakpoint. We also want to let you tailor your experience to the way you want to enjoy the game. Since the freedom of choice has always been a part of the Ghost Recon DNA. So Liz, opening thoughts. What do you what do you think of this? Um, I mean, it sounds like it's a good idea. I mean, we've always said that it's better to delay a game and make it better. Which actually we're going to talk about on Wednesday. Yes, we are. Yeah. I'm also still messing with the Rode Procaster settings because I feel like I sound too low in the microphone. But that's okay. Forgive me, please. I have a low voice. Um <laughs> But yeah, so I, I really enjoy this, and, and and like you said, the delay for all of this, the delay for the game so they, they can focus on Ghost Recon Breakpoint, it's probably all hands on mm-hmm. deck, because yeah. it was, like, really bashed by both, like, critics and players, because yeah. it, it was just a trash mm-hmm. launch. So it's, again, better to delay it? Yeah. Make it amazing! Exactly, so... Uh, and I like how they're saying you're going to be tailoring to the player's yeah. experiences. I don't know what that means, but it's it sounds ra- exciting. <laughs> yeah. Radical. It's radical and yeah. immersive. And it's looking to the future of the Ubisoft brand. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm really excited to see what they yeah. do with this. Yeah. So look out for that if you have Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I do not because I heard about all the reviews. And also, um, I didn't want to spend the money on it. So <laughs> I did want to spend the money on Outer Worlds, though, which is amazing if you haven't played that yet. But let's move on to our number two gaming news. Oh, boy. It's about NBA Live 20. Ah. <sighs> let's talk about this. So NBA so feelings. Yeah. NBA Live 20 has been canceled. That's right. It has been canceled. I know all of you NBA Live fans, all all of you out there are very disappointed. All two of you. Um, (laughs) You like that? Yeah, that was good. Has been canceled in hopes to make it better. 
and hopes to make it better for next generation consoles. So let me talk about this uh, for a little bit. Back in July, also in episode 61 of this podcast, we talked about this, about uh, NBA Live 20 being delayed. It was just said like, oh, we're just delaying it just to make it a little Mm -hmm. bit better. I personally thought it was just going to be delayed so that it would become free to play. I thought it would become free to play. And that would have been just fire against NBA 2K. Yeah. Uh, That it will be in late 2019. I thought it would be free to play. But Andrew Wilson, uh, Andrew Wilson, if you didn't know, is uh, I believe he's the CEO of EA games. I believe he's the CEO, but he's like the head honcho behind EA games. Um, And uh, he has this to say in terms of uh, what they're doing with the license, with the NBA license. He says that, oh, everybody in the NBA is like really, really fascinated about what they're doing. He He's like flexing a little bit in the article, uh, saying that like, oh, everybody's on board with us. But then he has this to say. We're excited by what we've built so far, and yet we know the world is changing, Wilson said. New platforms are coming that will bring social connection, accessibility, and player creativity to the force. In the future of new possibilities, players shouldn't be content with a game built for today's realities based on what we know to be possible. We feel we can go so much further with a new design. Yeah, but Andrew... Mr. Mr. Wilson, um, so you're saying that you're canceling a game that's already under the dirt of NBA 2K, and instead of just trying to like stay above water, you're just saying like, nah, Cancel skip it. it. So they're going to be skipping. They're going to. So when you look at their stuff, it'll go from NBA 19 to NBA 21. Yes. Just skip 2020. Yes. Okay, then. Just want to make sure I understood. No, correctly. no, they're not skipping 2020. Like, 21 will come out in 2020. I know, but that's what I mean. Like, yeah. they're going to skip NBA 2020. Uh, Yes. Yeah, because NBA 19 came out in 2018. Yes. Yeah. So, so they're skipping play. NBA 20. Yeah. And NBA Live 20. Um, And he goes on to say in this article... He goes on to say that, like, oh, we're, we're doing this so that we can give better possibilities as well as take down NBA 2K. We're, we're really going to push competition. You know what doesn't push competition? Canceling a game. Yeah. Like, that does not push competition. Because then you're giving NBA 2K, you're giving yeah. 2K a year to put out a game and see what went right, what went wrong, so they can do even better in 2021. Right. Whereas they're just... Live is just skipping 2020 mm-hmm. and hoping they do better. Like, yeah, no, that's they're exactly just not. Put, I just don't think it's the right way to go about it, especially if they've already been working on 20 on live 20. Like, what? So you did all that work for nothing. You're just going to scrap it and move on. And that's the thing. And um, Shipwreck from CADCast made an excellent point on this. All you have to do is make a different basketball game mm-hmm. than a simulation game. Because you have NBA 2K uh, Playgrounds. And that's just yeah. like NBA Street. Just put out yeah. NBA Street. Just put on a ridiculous basketball game. Mm-hmm. Instead of like trying to be another basketball simulation game. Do something different. Do something different. Yeah. And that's just it. It's like their handling of this whole situation is yeah. just... It's just ridiculous. And they're they're just trying to get the... 
NBA license going so they get more microtransactions with the with the NBA fans. And it's just like, Andrew, Andrew, Mr. Wilson, Andrew, can I call you Andrew? Andy, um, stop it. Like, give Jeez. up. Like, Jeez. just... <laughs> just give basketball to 2K. That's yeah, I mean, just they, hand it over. They, 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 they ha- they're the king. Yeah. Go be the queen or the jester. Yeah, they're the king of basketball games. I mean, not including NBA 2K20, uh, which was a hot mess. And so is uh, WWE 2K20. Uh, that was a hot mess as well. Uh, but it, that's just it. It's that... Um, what I'm trying to say with all this is that <laughs> uh, stop it, Andrew. Just just go back to football and FIFA. You you have Madden, you have FIFA. You get so much money from that. Do you really think that you're going to steal the fans away from NBA 2K? You're not. Stop it. Yeah. Get help. That's it. That's all I have to say about it. Any <laughs> other thoughts on this? Uh, no, I think you said it all, hon. I think so. I think I did too. <laughs> um, oh, man, it's just so dumb. Also, I'm. I apologize if I'm running low on energy. I'm trying to drink a monster. It was a long day. It's been a long couple of months. We're getting to moving day. Yeah. Hopefully, after moving day, once we're all adjusted and settled. Mm-hmm. Energy will be back to where it belongs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, our, our morning, just a you know, a little personal <laughs> side note, our day started at 9 a.m. Well, it started earlier than 9 a.m. Well, yeah, it started, okay, like 8 a.m. Yeah. It started at 8 a.m. And it was like nonstop. The time right now is 420. <laughs> and- 4.22. I almost got in trouble there. Oh, um, but that's the thing. It's... Um, it's 422 right now, and we've been going nonstop 830 or 8 a.m. to 4 430. So And we still have more to do after this. Yeah. So I apologize if yeah. my energy is running low. Um I'm also like self-conscious that I don't have the right settings for this Procaster because I love this microphone so much. It does sound wonderful. It does. I hope um, I do it justice in editing. Uh, yeah, I, me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get to our top n- gaming news. Our number one gaming news right here. Uh, it comes from Kotaku, Deadspin, Gizmodo, all these different, uh, including also The Onion. Ooh. And many of these uh, publishers actually made an article that was called A Note to Our Readers. And this is calling out Geo Media. Is calling out Geo Media uh, with intrusive autoplay sound on ads on all of their platforms. Jeez. Oh, yeah, and so all these companies are under the Geo Media brands, including Kotaku and Deadspin and Gizmodo. All of these people came together and they said, "No more, stop it!" Like, and this is a note to our readers to say that look out for these. I'm sorry. I didn't read the article, the note to our readers in full, so I apologize for that. Uh, But here's the interesting part. They put out this on October 28th. Uh, The editors put these out, and they called out Geomedia. On October 29th, the next day, uh, these articles were taken uh, taken down, and it was confirmed by GMG Union that it was Geo Media that took them down. It was not Kotaku. It was not Gizmodo. It wasn't any of these uh, publishers. It wasn't any of these editors. It was actually Geo Media that took down these articles. And all they're trying to say is that saying, like, listen, we're trying to respect our audience. We're trying to respect our readers. 
and I'm sorry, but we're calling you out for these intrusive ads. There's ads, okay? Ads are a thing to stay in business. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just it. Someday, hopefully, this this uh, this whole thing will be monetized. This YouTube channel, this podcast will be monetized. And guess how we put bread on the table? That's right, folks. It's ads. But the point that they were trying to make is that there, there are advertisements, okay? Mm-hmm. And then there's intrusive advertisements. When you're just clicking on an article and it just pops up, yeah. auto plays, sound on, that's intrusive, yeah. okay? But I like, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but I like what YouTube did with the ads because I've noticed in, uh, in a lot of the uh, videos, you'll actually see a little box sometimes, hopefully, you know, right here someday. Uh, and I'll actually say, Add in five, four, three, two, and then the ad, it will actually It'll warn you. It will warn you, like, hey, there's an ad coming in a couple seconds. Yeah. And that's just it. It's that, like, I want to confirm, not confirm because, <laughs> oh, big deal over here. Um, advertisements are needed for businesses to stay afloat, for YouTube channels, mm-hmm. for business articles, for all these people to, you know, make a paycheck. Yeah. But Geo Media is just going off the edge. And after this article came out, there's another factoid that actually said this. Uh, well, before I get to there, uh, I'm going ahead of myself. But uh, GMG Media, GMG Union actually confirmed that Geo Media took it down with this tweet saying, The GMG Union has been informed that posts across our websites have been uh, – sorry, uh, let me read that one more time. The GMG Union has been informed that posts across our websites – Asking for reader feedback on autoplay ad campaigns were taken down by management. We condemn this action in the strongest possible terms. Wow. And this campaign for readers, right, to say that, like, write to Geo Media, tell them to stop these ads, right? In response to this, it has been confirmed that Geo Media has received more than 1,300 emails from readers. And you know what Geomedia did? You know what they did? No. I'm actually going to point the mic here. Oh, man, it sounds so much better when it's in front of me. Oh, man, I feel like an idiot. It's okay. We all still love you. Yeah. So I'm just going to put it in front of my face from now on because it sounds so much better. Anyways, but you know what they did? You know what Geo Media did? Instead of just saying like, well, you know, listen, okay, we appreciate your feedback. We love what you do. No. No. Instead, they took down these articles and not just took down these articles, but they fired editors. Oh, my. They fired uh, the editors behind, I believe it was Gizmodo. Uh, and, and again, I apologize if I'm not researching this correctly. It's been a long week. But a lot of important people from these publishers actually got fired for free speech, for saying that, listen, we respect our readers. We respect everything that they Mm -hmm. do, and we respect that they love us and they love our our media. And we love – ads are fine. Ads are fine. Ads are fine. Okay? That's the point is that ads are fine if you're putting bread on the table, but when you're intrusive on other people – that's where it crosses a line. And Geo Media will actually slash people for saying that we love our readers that yeah. much. What What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I don't think there's really much to say about it. It's just, it's just dirty. 
it is dirty. It's just I there's there's no proper response to that. It's just Yeah. disappointing in people. It is. Um I I have nothing more really to say about yeah. this. Um other than, you know, trying to put us in a brighter note before we go into our talkie time. When was the last time we went into talkie time on a good note? Write in the comments below if you were watching. If you remember video. when the last time yeah. we went in talkie time on a good positive yeah. <laughs> note, let us know. <laughs> but support your articles, but re- re- you know, re- respect the reporters. And I know yeah. that a lot of people like hate on Kotaku, but these are people that have a job. Yeah. These are people that, you know, love what they do. And, you know, they just try to respect you as a reader and they get fired for it. Mm-hmm. So, again, not trying to white knight here, but, you know, respect people who are just trying to look out for you. Yeah. Including us. Because we don't advertise these because we're not a YouTube partner yet. Anyways, so <laughs> if you made it this far in the podcast and now the voice actually sounds crisp and clean, I love you so much for getting this far even though I'm an idiot. But guess what? Here we are. It's okay. We're about to go into talking time. Uh, And of course, talking time is where we're going to talk about what makes a good follow-up game. Uh, So without further ado, let's just jump into it with our final segment. Every single week here on the Games and Groceries channel or the podcast, we like to talk about you know different things within the gaming industry, including female gamers as well as uh, last week we talked about uh, why Fallout 76 was judged so harshly. But that's not what we're talking about this week because that was last week. This was this week in episode 74. We are talking about what makes a good follow-up game. And this... Uh, th- this came came to my mind because I was playing After Party, mm-hmm. which actually uh, was the follow up game to Oxenfree from Night School Studios. So, uh, really good game. I think kind of buggy. Mm-hmm. Not kind of buggy. It's very buggy. But um, you got you start playing it like when it released. And yeah, that's how it is these days. Exactly, and it, it was day one. Um. I thought it was really buggy. I thought the frame rate was horrible. I was playing on my Xbox One X, so yeah. it was very buggy. In fact, my friend who plays on the PlayStation 4 Pro, he was playing it, and apparently uh, his save file was corrupted and it actually deleted his save yeah. file. I think it was a fine game, but it's very buggy in that way. Yeah. Uh, but it is a follow-up game, and it just made me think, what is a good follow-up game, mm-hmm. right? And let's talk about this real quick. Before we uh, discuss this even further, um, what is the difference between a sequel and a spiritual successor, right? So let, let's define the terms here, right? So a sequel. Uh, Liz, I'll let you take this over. What, what's a sequel? So a sequel is that it's the same story. Right. So... I've risen up in the ranks. <laughs> really? Because you need to be taller. I do. Um, but a sequel is is when it's the same story, but like a next chapter. So right. we had The Last of Us, and we're moving on to The Last of Us 2. It's following the same people, mm-hmm. same person. I don't, I, just, I haven't finished Last of Us, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it's following the same story, same people. Mm-hmm. So it's a sequel. Yes. And even, I guess you could say Life is Strange. Okay. Because it's got the same name. 
Yes. So usually it's the things that say this and then this two. Yeah. And then this three. So it's usually that where it's the same story, same people mm-hmm. following the same stuff. So I can that agree would to be that. a sequel. Yeah. It, and that's what it is. Like a sequel is just a direct follow up. Yeah. It's continuing the story from the previous chapter. Right. Uh, much like, uh, like you said, Last of Us to Last of Us Two, it's a direct sequel. Yeah. Right. Whereas the Final Fantasy games, except for Final Fantasy Ten, and then you had Ten Two, right? All the Final Fantasy games don't are not you know direct sequels, but then you have spiritual successors at the mm-hmm. same time. A spiritual successor, what that is, it's not a direct sequel. It doesn't continue any sort of storyline whatsoever. Right. But it does use kind of the same elements and some the same gameplay. It's similar in a way of this looks like a certain game, mm-hmm. but it's not. Much like um, uh, uh, Ukulele. Ukulele is the spiritual successor behind uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. And you can tell it's the same art, same colors. Same directors. You exactly. Know. Yeah. It's all made by... Uh, Rare, I believe. I believe Rare did. But they're not related. Yeah. I might be wrong about that. But it's not related to the storyline, but it's the spiritual successor behind Banjo-Kazooie. So that's where we talk about a follow-up game, right? And I don't know if I would define After Party as the spiritual successor to Oxenfree. I would. You would? Yeah, because it's not the same story. It's not the same. It's nothing the same. Yeah, it's just the same art style, same director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the same company that made it, but it, they're different games. Yeah, and it came after Oxenfree. I would agree to that, and that and that's just it. Is that like it, it is a spiritual successor in that way? Yeah, it's it, a similar game with similar gameplay. It is. They're different stories, different people. Yeah, when you play After Party, you can definitely feel vibes of of Oxenfree. Exactly. Right? In fact, um, what I didn't know when I was playing it, but as I was listening to the voice, I was like, is that really? Um, Your personal demon is actually the same voice actress behind Alex from Oxenfree. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a nice touch. But, you know, I might be wrong about this, but write it in the comments down below. Would you say that After Party is the same or After Party is a spiritual successor behind Oxenfree? I would think so. I would think so, too. I would think so. Uh, but yeah, th- there's sequels, there's spiritual successors, there's just follow-up games, even. And I believe what we're, when we're talking about a follow-up game, is a game that's not a spiritual successor. It is not a sequel. Mm-hmm. It's just the follow-up to that. And, man, I'm just trying to think of like one that's just a follow-up to the game because even assassin's creed origins to odyssey i wouldn't even consider that a successor yeah i would i wouldn't even call it a sequel but it's in the same that's different i think that's a saga yeah same universe Mm -hmm. but different story Mm, i don't know i don't know the definition of a saga so don't fight me on that don't fight me i don't i don't know yeah (laughs) i'm just making things up as i go here (laughs) but i just work here um but I think I feel like that would be more a saga. Right. Now, if we're talking about a follow-up game, then then we're expecting a follow-up game from another person, much like After Party, right? Mm-hmm. After Party, like from Oxenfree, from the same studio. When we're talking about a follow-up game, 
do we generally want more of the same or do we want a brand new direction, new visuals, new everything? Do we want a brand new thing or just more of the same? What what would you say about that? See, I am tempted to say I want the same. I know what I like. Yeah. And I would I want more of that. Like with Life is Strange, I really wanted to continue with Max and Chloe in the season two. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I really wish they would have done that after playing so far in season two. Yeah. yeah. But we're not talking about that right now. Right. <laughs> but so but now I'm looking at today's day and age where they literally haven't come up with any good original ideas that they're just taking from our childhood and either remaking it or rebooting it. And it's driving me crazy because I just feel like no one has a good original ideas anymore. Yeah. And so now I'm thinking, take me something new. Give me something new because I'm getting really tired of seeing all my shows being rebooted. (laughs) And remade, like movies being remade and mo- and being rebooted. Like, no, mm-hmm. I only you only need so much of that. But I'm really happy about Liz McGuire. So I guess I'll let go. <laughs> Jeez. Um, no, I would agree with that. And the same of like, do I want more of the same? Do I want a new direction? And I hate how so many things are just remade, you know, rebooted. And I want a new direction. Yeah. And what we're talking about. If I were to talk about After Party, because I love Oxenfree so much, mm-hmm. Oxenfree is definitely, if it's not in my top five, it's definitely in my top 10 of all time. It's definitely in your top five. It's definitely my top five of all time, right under Outer Worlds. Like, Outer Worlds is becoming that. But, and I can talk about Outer Worlds too, because a lot of people are saying that that's a spiritual successor to Fallout New Vegas. Mm. And I completely agree with that. Yeah. And I'll get to that in a second. But when we're talking about After Party and Oxenfree, you know, I, I kind of wanted the same art style yeah. as Oxenfree. And, and that's what you got. No, you didn't. No, it looks the same art style except for bigger. Yes. and I, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's exactly how I would describe it. It's the same art style as Oxenfree but bigger and yeah. there's more 3D modeling whereas, mm. you know, each character in Oxenfree almost looks like a toy action – yeah, like a piece of paper, like an action figure. It's mm-hmm. it's there. Whereas they tried to go for a more human-like yeah. uh, 3D modeling with this. Yeah. And I believe it's all still made in Adobe Photoshop. But I don't know. There's something about it where it's just like it's not the same art style. They got a little fancy with it. Yeah. And, and I can respect them as artists. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely respecting them as artists in the same like. In our art, in, in video production, podcasting, all that, I can I, I can see where you're just like, no, I want something new. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to do the same thing. Or I want to do something different. Right. But I loved Oxenfree's art style just mm-hmm. so much. It just, it just looked like a drawing on a canvas, and I loved it. And I think After Party still has those elements for mm-hmm. sure, but it's just – it's something's not the same. Uh but even going into, let's talk about, you know, New Vegas and Outer Worlds, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot to say about that where it is definitely the spiritual successor behind Outer Worlds. Um, I mean, behind New Vegas and Outer Worlds because of the dialogue system, because of the choices you make, because of the combat sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the humor, even, you can say is uh, very New Vegas style. But – I like how they just followed it up. It's the same kind of style as New Vegas, but so much more color 
And it's just so much – it's so much more funny. Like it's very – it's very humorous game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when we're talking about do we want more of the same or do we want a new direction, would you say you lean towards a new direction? Um. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to do something different, go all the way. Yeah, because in my opinion, I'm very much a purist and I love more of the same. Yeah. But with a new combat system, new gameplay. Yeah. Like Uncharted. Yeah. Uncharted. Like I'm thinking in the terms yeah. of After Party, like it sounds like they really just tweaked the art style. They did. So oh, you didn't I, really watch too much. I didn't of, really. I only watched the end. Yeah, I played it while you were in work. But it seems like they just tweaked the art style. So I feel like if they had just gone all the way and changed the art style almost entirely. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like maybe it would have been better with that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like either go all the way or don't change it. Yeah. Because people saw it and were like, oh, it looks exactly like Oxenfree. I'm going to love it. But then it wasn't really like Oxenfree. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just it. Now, uh, moving forward with our discussion, though, because I, I can go harp on, do I want more of the same or a new yeah. direction? Because <laughs> I even think about, like I, like I brought up Uncharted, and there was a person that just said, um, it's just not good because it's mm-hmm. more of the same. But a lot of times I just look at them like, I like more of the same. If yeah. you told me there's a Halo game coming out, uh, may, you know, maybe called, I don't know, Halo infinite or something like that and, it, and you said like oh hey adam it's exactly like halo 2 i would buy it straight out of the box but if you said oh adam it's exactly like halo 5 i would be like yuck but see when it comes to things like that and you're saying i want more of the same what like i don't know see i wouldn't like that because then yeah. why am i buying a game to play the exact same thing over and over and over again like that's true all right bad guys do this do that like i love harry potter yeah. And yes, every every movie, every book, it's a different storyline that it's going on, but it's the same thing. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Bad guy gonna kill Harry. All right, we got it. We win. All right. Like it's the same process it goes through every time. Yeah. On on the main, if you strip it down to the bare studs, it's the same thing every movie. Mm-hmm. I and I agree with that. Like you want something more in, and I think Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare attempted at that. I didn't also, I also didn't play Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, but a lot of people are coming out to say, like, it's just more Call of Duty. Yeah. It didn't really change a lot. Yeah. Um, I can agree with that. I, I can see that. By the way, also, if you see me fumbling over here, yeah. um, Again, I just keep trying to get the pure sound from this Rode Procaster. It's so and nice. I would like to point out, I am in love with Harry Potter. Oh, yes. Don't, yes. Like, I know I just said bad things about it, but I am in love with Harry Potter. I have Harry Potter in a lot of... I have Harry Potter everything. Yeah, so yeah. please don't be mad that I said something mean about Harry Potter because I love it very much. Yeah. Okay, we can move on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when we talk about cliffhangers, right? Yeah. And it, we're talking about... Um, a follow-up game that's necessary, right? Yeah. You know, when there's a cliffhanger in a game, right, is there ever a time where a cliffhanger does not need, right, a, a follow-up game? Or is there a time where uh, a, a cliffhanger needs a sequel? When, you, when we see a cliffhanger, when do we say that we, it needs a follow-up? See, for me, cliffhangers, 
I I mean, I like to have sequels and things to movies and games and stuff because right. I'm a nosy person. I just want to know what happened after. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to know the fallout of everything. Fallout? No. But. Fallout? I read this story in school once. I don't yeah. remember the name. I think it might have been like a Greek mythology type thing. You're married to a Greek god. No. It's me. Anyway. I'm I'm a Greek god. But it ended. I, now, please don't quote me on this. I don't remember everything. I have one of the worst memories. Yes. Um, I, I can attest. <laughs> but I remember it was this ending and he was like, this, the main character was in this um, arena, like one of those Greek arenas. Right. And at the very end, it's like, and then the gate opened and it was either going to be something that he could beat easily yeah. or something that was just going to maul him to death. Oh, And fancy. it just said, and the gate opened. And that was the end. And yeah. he never found out what happened to him. And we talked about it in class because it was an English class. We got to talk about symbolism. Yeah. So we had to talk about it. And my teacher was like, that type of ending the writer wants you to choose the ending it it allows you to use your imagination yes and what you thought things and it's it's letting you choose because there's no follow-up there's nothing it doesn't continue or anything it's just the writer wants you to decide what happened right so i like that so that's sometimes when when we talk about like cliffhangers, like oh, do they need a follow up? I don't want. I honestly don't think any cliffhangers need a follow up. I think it makes us want a follow up. Yeah, and it leaves the gate open for one. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to that stuff, I always think of that story and how nothing needs a follow up because mm-hmm. that allows our creativity to run wild. Yeah, and I, and I can definitely agree with that. And as you we were talking about that, I made me think about the ending to uh, the first John Wick movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to spoil it, but the ending behind John Wick, the very first John Wick, was it was a nice ending where it's open ended. Anything could have happened. It wasn't even a cliffhanger like what you described. Yeah, that wasn't a, like John Wick wasn't really the cliffhanger. No. But you could just leave it to just like saying like if you want any closure, find out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And and I liked that about John Wick. And then they made two and three, and I was like, is this really necessary? Yeah, but three was really good. Three was amazing. I loved really John Wick good. three. I I know some people were like, oh, it was really cheesy, it was really corny, but it's, it was so good. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was amazing cheese. What? It was amazing cheese. They said it's cheesy, but it was good cheese. It was Gouda. Gouda, Gouda. Anyways, um, but yeah, and, I, and that's, and I think we can end there because, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. I'm just that good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a good cliffhanger that needs a sequel can't be begged for, you know, and I see that all the time with both movies and video games and they set up an ending like, hey, publishers, you if you want to know the end, yeah. money, please. Yeah. And it's like, stop it. But and, and this brings me to my next point. Um, a good follow-up game, it can't be something that is begged for by the fans or even the publisher or even the game developer. And what, what game that really brings it to mind is uh, Force Unleashed 2. That game was hot garbage. It really was. Um, I remember when that first came out. And if you if you played the Force Unleashed... The ending was fantastic. Like, 
it, it didn't it didn't have a cliffhanger. It didn't leave you open ended. It set up episode four of the Star Wars saga. Um, episode four being a new hope. It set it up so well. It was fantastic. And then they said Force Unleashed 2 is coming out. Excuse me? And I think it's just because Force Unleashed just had amazing gameplay behind it. It was a very memorable game. Uh, I absolutely love it to this day. But then when Force Unleashed 2 came out, it was such a bullcrap concept to it. Um, Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, no. Bullcrap concept! I haven't used that button in a while, so I had to do that. Oh, jeez. But it was. Uh, if you played Force Unleashed 2, I won't spoil it again. Actually, no, I no, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. <laughs> because it does spoil Force Unleashed 2, or Force Unleashed the first one. But I think it was just begged for by the publishers, begged for by fans, and just turned into this hot mess where nobody wanted this. Nobody asked for this. Yeah. And it just it was not necessary to do this. And I don't want to say anything else because I don't want to damage any other relationships that we might be having with <laughs> any other guests that we're having. Uh, spoiler alerts. But uh, Liz, what do you what do you think about that point? That it can't um, be just you know forced upon by fans or publishers. Yeah, because I feel like that happens so much these days, and especially like you said, like with John Wick and even other movies. Right. I feel like they're just doing the sequels and everything like that because they know they can get money out of it yeah i know people are going to hate this opinion pitch perfect didn't need any sequels no it did not it was good first movie was great and the rest of them it was okay just aren't aren't necessary you your opinion doesn't count in this oh but that's what i mean like i feel like nowadays people are just like well we know people love it we know we can get money from it so why don't we just you know why don't we just make a second one and it's never as good as the first one because the first one was a great original idea now you're just like making it because it'll make you money and it's not a good reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's my opinion on it is that it doesn't, it's, it's not a good idea to just do it because, Oh, well fans want it. Oh, well we can make money on it. No, wait till you have a passion behind it. That's what makes good art. That's what makes good games. It's what makes good movies, good books is that someone has a passion. Someone's like, I have a story to tell and this is how I'm going to tell it. Yeah. Not be like I had a story to tell and now everyone wants more. So I'm being pressured to write a new story. So I'm going to write a new story and it's got to be better than the first one. And I don't know if it's going to be better than the first one, but I'm going to write it. And then it's not as good as the first one because yeah. there wasn't as much passion. There was more stress behind it. I agree with that. So yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's just like, uh, I think fans can almost ruin like the expectations behind each uh, each story within mm-hmm. the sequel to it because if it's forced upon by publishers, if it's forced upon by money makers, if it's forced upon by fans, then the expectations just get so high for what it should be. Mm-hmm. And 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 again, like I keep thinking about movie examples. We both keep coming up with movie examples. Um. So I'm not going to try to, but I'm not going to say anything because it's going to be another movie example. And it's like, ah, yeah. this is a gaming podcast. I understand that, but sorry, we also but we love movies. <laughs> we also love movies. Uh, but th- but that's just it, is that like I think our expectations can almost overpower, you know, overpower the intended mm-hmm. vision behind a, a sequel, even. Yeah. So let's say, let's say by chance, right that. A sequel or a follow-up or a spiritual successor is intended by uh, by a publisher, by by a developer, right? They want this, and then our expectations kind of 
ruin that. Mm-hmm. Or not ruin it, but it overpowers what the intended vision is. Uh, I think of my own opinion about After Party and my expectations for what Oxenfree was and what Oxenfree meant to me. Mm-hmm. In fact, I want an Oxenfree tattoo. I, w- I want it to be on my back. And it's like the little triangle thing. And then I wanted to write, is leave possible? That would be pretty dope. But my expectations behind After Party kind of ruined it for me. It overpowered what the intended vision of After Party is. And it's not supposed to be oxen-free. Yeah. It's not supposed to be. And the more I think about it, it's not supposed to be oxen-free. It's just supposed to be a new game from Night School Studios. It's not supposed to be oxen-free 2. If you want oxen-free 2, just click continue timeline on oxen-free and then you'll know what I'm talking about. But that's just it. It's that like it's not supposed to be. Yeah. Um, that it's supposed to be after party. It's supposed to be its own separate game. Well, what are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, I definitely agree. It's it's supposed to be its own separate game. And that's when you run into that problem with, um, with when, collect your thoughts, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you run into the problem when you're making the same art style, when it is extremely similar. It does do that where you know it the art style was so similar that you did think it was going to be like oxen free but it wasn't and that's where it's gonna run into problems with Oopsies. consumers is that everyone's like oh it's just like oxen free because it looks just like it. it has the same art style it's the same everything when really that's just the style of the producers and the creators and everything so I think that's that's the problem with that type of thing. When you have the same art style for completely different games. Yeah. No, I, I highly agree with that. And uh, yeah, and, and it's a shame because there's an intended vision behind it and there's mm-hmm. something to do with that. And, and there's so much enjoying this follow-up game and yet our expectations just shatter it. Yeah. And we're not actually looking at what the developer wants you to assume about this game. Not assume, but once you to experience about this game, mm-hmm. and yet our expectations and everything that we want this game to be is just, uh, it's just falling flat. Yeah, and I think that can ruin everything. Yeah, but to close out our discussion with this, I think overall a good follow up game uh, stems from the passion project of developers. It's not forced upon by fans. It's not forced upon by publishers. Um, and what a good follow-up game, whether it be a sequel, a spiritual successor, or just a plain old follow-up game. It doesn't mm-hmm. do anything. It just comes the passion of the developers. It's delayed. It's um, it's written in that way. Kind of like Last of Us Part Two. it was mm-hmm. written that way. If there was only Last of Us and the way it ended, I would have been satisfied. I think I think the way Last of Us ended... It didn't need a sequel, but looks like the way they're writing Last of Us Part 2, it's coming from a passion project. Because one, it's taking seven years. Yeah, and if something takes that long to do, then that means that they're doing it because they want to continue the story. Yeah, because I believe it came out in 2013. Like, if you think another movie example, sorry. Go for it. But Princess Diaries. Yes. The first one came out, and everyone loved it. Mm -hmm. But they waited a good seven to 10 years mm-hmm. to put out the second one. Yes. So we're all just like, so then you can look at it and say, all right, they wanted to continue that story. Yeah. Because why make the second one seven years later? Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's when you know that it comes from a place of 
passion where the creators who made the first one want to tell you the rest of the story, want to tell you what happened after. Mm -hmm. No, I highly agree with that. Um, But yeah, I think that's what stems from a good follow-up game is just that they want to do this. The developers want you to experience the game again. It's It's not followed by dollar signs or publisher pressures or fan pressures it's something that they want to do enjoy to do yeah and just following up the story and i think prince's uh diaries is the prime example thank you (laughs) um but no i think that's just where where it all lands is that when you have a follow-up a sequel it'll always be good if there's passion behind it Mm -hmm. you can tell when there's passion behind it or when there's money behind it yeah or at least i can so I think we can end this discussion here because uh, we're both tired <laughs> and I'm very self-conscious about the way this sounds. It sounds amazing. I know and also I have a sleeping pupper in my lap. It's so cute. Yeah. But all of our settings were set for the Samsung Q4 mic. And I've been fiddling around with the settings ever since I got this. And now that we're doing it for a long-term podcast, now I'm just like, ah, it doesn't sound what it should be. But all the settings came from this because we've used this for uh, 70 episodes pretty much. For a year, over a year. Yeah, for over a year. And now I have this brand new fantastic mic. So uh, bear with us as we're trying to make sure that this sounds the best it possibly can. But if you enjoy the sound of this microphone, uh, I will have an Amazon link down below. But also, you know, give us some feedback. You know, make sure that we know that we're doing okay Please validate us. I need validation. Also, if you know that story I referenced with the arena and stuff, let me know if you know what it is. Because I really don't remember. Mm -hmm. I think I read it in middle school or high school. So write it all in the comments down below. They're right down there. If you're watching this on YouTube, they're right down there. Go ahead and do it. If you enjoyed this episode, definitely give it a like and a share. For anybody who doesn't know about this podcast and they can get some good, really good podcast material where the, the hosts are really tired. And you're not sure if the Rode Procaster is actually sounding the way it's supposed to be sounding. Um, But yeah, (laughs) share it with your friends. As well as um, subscribing and notification bell. But if you're listening on the audio version, definitely uh, rate and review us. Give us your honest star feedback. Give your honest uh, reviews so that we know that we're doing a good job because we're validating. Uh, We need validation. I have Papa issues, so that's cool. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, definitely check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the audio uh, versions of the podcast as well. Find out where you can find the audio versions of the podcast. We are on 14 different platforms. Uh, You can find it all on the website, as well as uh, follow us on social media, at Gaming Groceries on Twitter. We are also on Twitter individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. We're also on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. And I think that's it. So... Uh, let's do more things. It is now five o'clock and our day still hasn't ended. And we have so much more to do. And we are leaving next week. Less than a week, six days. Please subscribe. Please help. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Uh, we need love right now. Come back next week. See if we lived through the moving day. Yeah. And we're not taking a break from this podcast just because we're moving. We're actually going to be still giving podcasts every single week because we we do this for you guys, honestly. So uh, any sort of pe- feedback that we can get, you know, we do it for you guys, honestly. Yep. Uh, also for the ad money. 
Uh, but we thank you very much for listening to this week's podcast. I'm just kidding. We don't have any ad money. We're not even monetized. Not yet. Not even, not even close. We don't even have a Patreon, which we're not going to be doing until we hit. I'll say this. I, I'm not even going to do a Patreon until we hit at least, at least 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. So you got that from me. Uh, so we thank you for listening to this week's podcast. And we hope to catch you next week where we talk about a subject and also some news pieces and possibly a movie. So <laughs> we thank you for listening to this week. We hope you have a fantastic week. We, we hope your week goes better than our week goes this week. So with all that said and done, we love you very much. Have a good week. Bye.